Iceman says it's time for strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla ice, ice baby. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's July 2017, so we'll be discussing some comics and news from June 2017. Woo. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me, as always, is Dark Phoenix Wright, Patty. Patty. <clears throat> Thanks so much for joining us. But don't leave without leaving a comment right here on Geekade, Geekade's Facebook or Twitter, iTunes, or One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. We want to hear from you, the fellow X-Men fan, about what we think, what you think, what your family thinks, and what your pet goldfish thinks. Unless it's an adult goldfish, he or she may want to leave the room, because this is your friendly reminder that this podcast will be full of explicit content. So now that we've got that fucking shit out of the way. Yeah, I mean, what do you expect? You asked me to do a podcast with you. I'm not going to turn it down, you know? <laughs> fuck. 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 Fuckity fuck. Fuck. Fuckity fuck. Um, okay, so we've got a bunch of comics to discuss. Uh, we only have so much time to fit all of this in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we're going to do a quick and dirty over here. So let's get right to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Iceman is the latest new series gay. to be what to be gay the latest new series to be gay yes out of all the, the other latest, new series the latest that are gay? gay series it's the latest gay series from marvel yes and so we got iceman this month what was that it's the only new one that came out this month right i don't know Who cares? next month it's uh it's astonishing x-men but Wee. we'll uh we'll talk more about that stuff when it comes time for uh so iceman number one came out just kind of like bobby came out of the closet uh, ha ha. Ha ha. Uh, it, it makes sense because June was Pride Month. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you like my dad jokes, Iceman is full of dad jokes. I love him. Yeah. I, um, you know, just, just, I, I really like that he's getting his, he's getting his own series now. Uh, I hope this is successful. I've enjoyed it so far. Obviously, we only got the first two issues and they really serve to kind of set up Bobby's world. And ah! for, for those of you that remember uh, remember Bobby's World? I do. It yeah. was that guy, uh, the bald How, guy. Howie Mandel? Yes. Before he was bald. He was he, he had like the he wasn't always hair. bald? He wasn't always fuck? bald. He had hair. Okay, I'm going to have to fact check you on that I shit. I used to watch that show too, but honestly, I, I hated Bobby and I hated his voice. No, Bobby was a dick. He sounded kind of like a chipmunk with like a serious nasal problem. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. All right. I don't... Uh, okay, let's just <laughs> fucking get to it. So Bobby's being gay. <clears throat> Bobby's being gay. He's trying to uh, he's be trying gay to, to his parents. He's trying to he's trying no. He's trying to find uh, he's trying to find somebody online. He's trying to get some love off the internet. Yeah, and like the whole I thought that was cute that the premise of the comic was him kind of trying to fill out uh, like a Tinder profile or yeah, something. Yeah. Then he he ends up like deleting it all. Yeah, but he's like you know it, it's it's just kind of funny that like older Bobby is having like these relationship problems. And younger Bobby already has, like, Romeo, and it's, like, things are really going well with him. And, like, after the two of them spar for a little bit, older Bobby makes, like, a couple of jokes about Paulie Shore. And I'm like, where the fuck are we getting these <laughs> these references? Like, Paulie Shore? Like, I'm pretty sure, uh, pretty sure that Paulie Shore is still alive. But this dude hasn't been relevant in at least 20 years. Do you, uh, do you know Paulie Shore at all? Are you familiar with him? Okay, when I was reading over this, I thought it was the guy from Jersey Shore. 
Is it? Is Polly. it not? There's there's a Polly from Jersey Shore, right? There is. I think there is a Polly from Jersey Shore. Listen, I never watched that show. I didn't either. And, and we're listen, from New Jersey. That does not represent. It does not New Jersey. It does not. That does not represent. So New who Jersey. is Polly Shore? Polly Shore was this terrible, supposed to be like a comedic actor from the '90s, who was like just really stupid, and these were like. Like, okay, you know how you wanted to see and you kind of liked um, Dumb and Dumberer? Yeah. Okay, imagine that level of humor, but like, but like 10 times lower class and like 10 times I worse love than him. That. No, no, <laughs> Pauly Shore. Do you know Carrot Top? He's along those lines. Oh God, no. Yeah, I no. Carrot Top. He just, he doesn't look like Carrot Top, which all right, but like. No. All right. So Mutant Musings poll. How many of you knew who Paulie Shore was when Paulie Shore was a thing? And what was your, I don't even want to say favorite Paulie Shore movie. I saw a couple of them. There was Biodome. Oh man. Jury duty. Ah, oh, I'm sorry. Let's this get on. This is where to, your age is showing. Let's get on. To, yeah. Well, whatever. I, let's, let's get on to better things. Also, and I didn't notice this and I saw this online that there's apparent, there's a picture in like the X mansion of a bunch of the X-Men like drinking milkshakes and there's like three X-Men per like milkshake with the straws and that is a friends reference because there is a picture of like the six of the friends all sharing like two milkshakes with like straws in them you didn't pick up on that I did not and I've I recently watched every episode of Friends. Yeah, so I wanted to bring that up because I knew that you recently binged the entire series. Friends, another great show. Yes. More 90s stuff. But uh, something that I want to point out on was, uh, so we got to see Bobby's mom and dad a little bit. Yeah. And uh, they said the neighborhood was getting, you know. Yeah. And I wanted to tie that in because somebody in one of our X-Men groups posted like a pride thing about Iceman. And uh, Marvel's, like, Facebook team or whatever, somebody was, like, you know, talking shit about, like, oh, you have to make him gay all the time. Marvel was, like, bye, girl. Somebody posted um, a picture from, I guess it was X2, the movie, where we saw Iceman's parents. Maybe it was... X-Men 1, I don't know. No, remember. it was X-Men 2. It was yeah, X-Men 2. Where, where he comes out being yeah, a mutant. Yeah, he comes out being a mutant, and yeah. his mom was like, have you tried not, not being, being a mutant? mutant? Yeah, so that was great. That was, that was just like, this moment made me think of that, and I think it tied things in nicely, because, you know, the movies aren't going to tie things in nicely, so the comic books have to... I mean, they could have gone, they could have gone that route in in the movies. I mean, you know, Brian Brian Singer is gay, but I feel like they just wanted to instead of being like, okay, here are some homosexual characters in the movie, and he's like coming out being gay. We're just going to use mutants uh, as kind of like the metaphor, the, yeah, the parallel to being gay. And I think they did that well and did it successfully. Not that it would be a bad thing to include some like homosexual or bisexual or even, you know, whatever, mutants in these movies, but I feel like that's what they were really going for. But, uh, yeah, so Bobby's parents are unfortunately very clearly uh, very, like, intolerant and right-wing and whatever, and it, just the interaction between the three of them was very uncomfortable. But, you know, that gets interrupted by a purifier pledge chasing a mutant, like, down the hallway, and, um, you know, Bobby takes him on, and there's, like, this one page where he's just yelling something cooler and cooler about himself. He's like, I fought Magneto every time he was a bad guy. I fought White Queen and got buffered for it. I'm freaking Iceman. Learn your X-Man. And I was like, this is this is amazing. Like, that should have been so lame, 
but it, it was really amazing. But so they introduced this new mutant, and I don't know if they're going to do anything with her, but it was kind of funny. She's got a, she can make her spit solid. <laughs> and she had, she's almost like marrow, only instead of bones, <laughs> it's spit. And I don't know. I mean, I'm Which thinking like. Which one is like, more sanitary? I don't know. Let's make her spit girl. We have Eye Boy and Scorpion Boy <laughs> and Shark Girl and Nature Girl. She can be spit girl. Oh, um, God. That, that's actually very sexual now that I'm pausing for a second and thinking about it. Will there uh, also be a swallow girl? Oh, my God. No. I know who my choice for swallow girl is. Oh, uh, <laughs> I saw this thing a while ago on the internet that there was a. Uh, some kind of, okay, I don't know if this is true or not. This is something that I saw when I was very active on 4chan. Is it fake news? It probably was fake news that there was like this... Um, Get out of my house, Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> <laughs> there was like this big icicle of piss that like turned into a harpoon. It like froze. Harpoon! Yeah, harpoon. And it just like... Uh, are you Googling that? No, I'm Googling can piss freeze. Urine, urine from food. vegetarians is somewhat different to that from carnivores. Oh. Interesting. I'm vegan, so my piss is very different, I guess. I, I eat meat, so maybe we can, you know... Combine our piss powers. Come, uh, come winter? Yeah, piss <laughs> powers activate. <laughs> Wonder pee twins. <laughs> All right. Uh, where were we? What the fuck were we... Were th- what, how did we just get into... Because uh, right. the spit girl. So there's All urine right. girl, too. Urine girl, too. All right, that's fine. And she's a golden shower. <laughs> All right, so in, at the end of the issue, his mom asks him to leave, and she's like, did you kill anyone? And things happen whenever you become a mutant. And obviously, like, we, we know what this is a parallel for. Basically, what we were just talking about in X-Men 2. Only here, he's actually gay, and he's also a mutant. And he's it's, it's like typical uptight right-wing parents just sweep it all under the rug. And not that I have experience with being homosexual, because I'm not, but, like, this just kind of struck me. It seemed natural, and it seemed very real. Uh, I really liked Bobby's characterization, just in, like, this little setup. Uh, you know, some of it was a little silly, the whole dating, you know, the whole uh, dating app thing, but... Um, still no, I mean, was... I understand that, you know, he has his uh, younger part that, you know, he sees happy and in a relationship and stuff, and, you know, he's, like, yeah. jealous, and, yeah. you know, his his younger self is more comfortable with who he is, and, you know, this older Bobby is kind of struggling with it, and I'm glad that they picked uh, the older Bobby to go with, Definitely. even though... Um, a few months ago, I mentioned that I wish that it was younger Bobby. Yeah. I, I really appreciate this book. I love it so far. Yeah, same. And in Iceman number two, you know, we get kind of kind of a little bit more of a uh, of a setup now because uh, Shadowcat was the last female that he, like, really dated. And then, you know, they broke up. Uh, Shadowcat went to space and was with Star-Lord for a while. And, you know, while she's gone, Bobby comes out uh, as gay. And then, but this still opens more, with more fucking puns and i love it a row 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 your boat that was amazing i had to say that out loud and i was like oh my god but the whole like ice to meet you i feel like schwarzenegger as mr freeze made that joke i think you're right but you know he and bobby and shadowcat go on this mission to help some kid out who can't control his powers and um he he amplifies them uh, what was it? The quote I took was pulsate amplifications on various wavelengths. It sounds very sciencey and not anything that I'm into. So <laughs> it just amplifies shit. Yeah. So uh, they don't realize that, and uh, Iceman just 
you know, tried using his powers and it just like went totally yeah. haywire. Yeah. Same with Shadowcat too. She couldn't like really like unfaze. But there's like this angry mob going after this kid, Zachary, and you know, they're they're kind of pissed. They're like, all right, well he caused this like huge pile up and now like my car is destroyed and my kid's in the hospital. I'm like, who the fuck's gonna pay my bills? And like I understand that. But there we go. We can extend uh, healthcare to pre-existing conditions. Yes, I agree. This is no. I was no. gonna say <laughs> that. Um, I was gonna say that this is another reason that we need single-payer healthcare system. So everyone's covered. Everybody has health insurance. Right. Especially if you live in New York. I mean, come on. There's superheroes all over the place. Somebody's gonna get hurt. There are, and there's so many people in such a small area, like. People get sick. You're going to get your cold. You're going to get sick. You fucking <laughs> need to go to the doctor. Like, I, So I, I agree with that. Um, Especially with Iceman. You'll yeah. catch a cold with Iceman. I know. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. Okay. I love this because I am in my senior year of accounting and I have six classes left Ooh. until I, I'm an accountant. <laughs> and just any time that Bobby mentions that he's a CPA, like... My heart just explodes with happiness, and he did in this issue. And I was like, Bobby, I love you so much. So yeah. there was that, but uh, the thing that annoyed me was like Shadow Cat was like, oh, well, you know, you should have told me you were gay first. And Bobby was like, well, you know, young, young me came out first, and you weren't here. You know, I was like, you know, why is it his priority to tell her? You know, he's. it's not like she's the only girl that he's dated or anything it's not like you know when you find out that you have like an std and you have to call like all your past partners and just be like he's just gonna like call up opal and just be like hey i know we dated like 10 years ago but i'm gay or lorna yeah i thought it was funny how the mom mentioned well what about that nice girl with the green hair oh my god i figured you'd catch that i I like that but uh, no and i get what you're saying and that's what i thought at first too but then you know reading it a little bit more you know they start to try to communicate a little bit more effectively and it's clear that kitty is just kind of insecure without actually saying that she's like insecure about like their friendship and being there for bobby and that's really where this kind of like little spurt of anger came from but i thought the same thing too i was like listen this dude is still trying to come to terms with it himself he, he, you know, if he doesn't run to you immediately, like, give the guy a little bit of time. But, you know, they, they had their moment. They, they had a really nice moment. And it was really funny when that fucking kid who's a little pain in the ass, Zachary, is like, all right, you're emo, you're gay. Get back to saving me. Uh, I thought that was really funny. I love funny. that. And yeah. especially Kitty with, uh, with the short hair. That definitely works as her being emo. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I feel like it should flip over her one of her eyes. Yes. That would make it work a little bit better. <laughs> and and yeah, so, you know, uh, Iceman number one and two, they I thought that they were very good setup issues. I'm excited to see where it goes, especially since they're alluding to the next issue being uh, Bobby's actually going to go to his parents' new house, and it seems like he's going to come out and tell them that he's gay. I, I, I don't know how this series is really, going to, is really going to fare. I hope that, you know, X-Fans... Obviously, we we're we're on like online groups, and we see some some even X Men fans are intolerant. But I hope that like the sales for this are good, and they keep it around longer than for like six issues or something. I agree. Um, I'm really enjoying this series, yeah. and even if it isn't making money, representation is so important. Yeah, especially for like groups that are like still treated like shit, like you know homosexuals are in this country. 
a lot of people are like bigoted and intolerant and especially you know you don't know what this is doing to like you know maybe some gay kids who live down south or something and you know their parents are like trump supporters and like don't believe in like gay rights or anything and believe it's like a choice or something you know kids kids can read this and you know realize that they're not alone and they have somebody to look up to there are also states that like mandate teachers to teach elementary school children that you know being gay is like an immoral lifestyle uh there's only a couple of states that actually do that but it's a thing out there and it's it's cool to see marvel take a chance on take a chance on on doing this because really that's that's what it is every time they put out a new series it's a gamble to make money but at the end of the day if it gets canceled, I don't believe that it's going to be for reasons that are like really sinister and nefarious because they're they're trying to push this more. Unfortunately, this is the capitalist society that we live in, and it's not just Marvel. If DC were to do this too and had a book that was failing, you know, it had only it was only selling like two thousand copies a week, they they would cancel it too. But I really hope that the sales for this are good and it continues. But now we're going to move on to Generation X number three, and. I really, really love this series in spite of the art, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit. But first, I I had to do a double take on this one because it immediately opens with a seal and Nature Girl. (laughs) And Nature Girl is talking to the seal. And I flipped a shit. And I immediately sent the message to the writer of Generation X and was like, I can't believe you made Nature Girl talk. Oh my fucking God. Uh, But she's talking about how she needed to save the plants in the last issue because nobody else cared about it. And I was (laughs) like, listen, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm so in love with this fictional character. (laughs) And iBoy's got a thing for her too. And uh, what's his name? Nathaniel is just like, bro, you need to calm down. He's like, uh... Maybe you can introduce us to some of your red panda friends. And he's just like, bro, bro. There uh, was a really funny thing. I forgot who it was who said it to her, but they were like, why haven't you talked until now? And she's like, I haven't had anything to say to you. Like, what the fuck? Like, why? she's fucking Where? amazing. I love her. Uh, anyway, so she's talking to the trees and the trees tell her that uh, Face got hurt. And he's kind of just knocked unconscious. You know, they need to get him back to the to the mansion to get checked out. And in the meantime, Pixie and uh, Morph are, are playing some video game. And I love this line, suck my Welsh rare bits. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, is rare bits a real... I didn't even look that up. Shit. You know, I need to, I need to check that out. Rare bits. Rare bits. Ah! Welsh rare bits. It's a dish. I thought it was something sexy. Yeah, I thought so too. Oh, this is this is upsetting. So a Welsh rare bit is a dish made with a savory sauce of melted cheese and various other ingredients and served hot after being poured over slices of toasted bread. Okay, well that's that's fantastic. They also variations: buck rabbit, blushing bunny, and hot brown. (laughs) Well, blushing bunny sounds sexual. I'll give you a hot brown. Mm. Oh, <laughs> oh man! No, I knew oh, what I was saying. Oh man! I knew what I was oh, saying. Oh man! I knew what I was saying when I was saying it. Uh, <sighs> oh, but uh, something that I loved when uh, Pixie was playing the game was that Quentin Quire was fucking with her and like psychically pushed down her buttons, 
That's so Morph could win, and I was such like, a "Douche move." Yeah, but like you know, these are my two pink-haired babies, and I love them. And like, I didn't like that he was picking on Pixie because I love her, but I fucking love Choir so much. Like, uh, he's amazing. Uh, all right, you're gonna give him a hot brown. Yes. Um, anyway, <laughs> so so I thought this was interesting. I didn't realize who Andre was or where he came from before, and then they did a little editor's note, like Wolverine. And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Saudade. Uh, this was a one shot that came out like eight or nine years ago and, and I have it. And, you know, obviously when I started looking at it, like the memories came back to me, like Wolverine went, uh, and helped out this, this, uh, mutant in like, you know, um, like a third world country who couldn't control his powers. And then the kid ended up getting lobotomized. And that's why Andre looks like he's got like messed up eyes, like doesn't do a whole lot of talking. He was, he was lobotomized, but he looks like he's doing a little bit better now. And, um, you know, I mean, Wolverine brought the kid back to the mansion and was just like, you know, give him whatever jobs he can do to make him happy because all he can really do is clean. And it, it's it's kind of nice that, you know, at first I thought like Nathaniel was like trying to get cozy with him. And I don't know if that's happening or not or whatever, but it seems like he's just trying to be like a friend to Andre. And I thought that was really cool of the writer to pick like such an obscure character and make him a part of the actual story. Because yeah, I had never even heard about that book before. It does make sense that he's in the mansion. You know, if Wolverine brought him there and he's like been clean and stuff, been kind of like sort of a janitor um, this whole time. But uh, no, it just kind of showed me that like the writer did her homework, and I thought that was really cool. I miss Toad Janitor though. I do miss. I miss Toad Janitor too. The two of them could be janitors together. I don't know. It's a Aww. big place. But anyway, so the whole deal with Face, they, they don't know what's going on because Face can't. You know, he can't, first of all, he can't communicate conventionally. But second of all, he, he doesn't, like, he doesn't really know what happened to him. He's Initially, he's, like, unconscious. So how are they going to get this info out of him? You know, he can't see or anything. He wouldn't be able to see his attacker. But Nathaniel could touch him and kind of get the whole background and, and figure out what was going on with him. And at first, he's apprehensive to do so. But then he finally does it. And um, they're like, all right, like the, the team of misfits is like, all right, we need to go do something about this. And iBoy's like, no, let's go tell Jubilee and Bling stops him. And it's like, no, if we tell her, she's going to sideline us. Let's go take care of this ourselves. Good. Fuck yeah. So I, I am psyched. I'm psyched for this. I'm Fuck still, the man. still loving this series. But two things. First thing is. I know that I said I'm so happy that Nature Girl is talking now, but now it feels weird because she's just doing it normally like she's been doing it all along. And I feel like I shouldn't be bitching, but it's you what I do. You shouldn't be bitching. But I'm a bitch. I know. So that's what I want to do. I know. I want to whine. Aww. I want to stomp my feet until I get my way. You're the cutest bitch. <laughs> Stop belittling my bitchiness. I'm Aww, supposed to be big... Uh, big tough bitch but uh, he a cute little bitch uh, but uh so yeah i can't really bitch about it too much but you know it's it's really the artist again and a lot of people are saying this this is like everybody has a horse face i don't know if people are really dropping this book because of it and if they are i'm, I'm gonna be so sad if this really impacts the sales that much i don't want to see this book canceled amilcar pina is his name so what i decided to do was just google him and take a look at some of his other artwork, see if he's done anything else. And you know, a bunch of images came up that was clearly his style. And to be honest, some of it was pretty good. 
but also some of the images that I found weren't close-up shots like you see in this book. And that's what I'm going to say about this artist. Like these, these wider, farther away shots, he draws the characters just fine. But like when it's a really up close shot, the eyes, the facial proportions, the mouth. They all look like horses it looks and weird. everybody looks Asian. It looks so They look weird. like Asians with giant mouths. And weird noses. And, and just, yeah, horse faces. And like, listen. Asian I, horses. I can't draw Asian horses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I can't draw for shit, but... Like, but that's, that's the thing. Like you're assigned to this book and I can't say, Hey, like point at him and be like, Oh, you go get better. But I, I just really hope that this doesn't hurt this book too much because I want to see it stick around. Me too. Um, but that's, I mean, seems... the kids books are always my favorite. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I've been waiting for quite a while for Quentin to reappear regularly in anything. Yeah. And, and, you know, Pixie, even, even, um, Chamber. You know, it's been a while since we've seen some of these characters. You know, I was really looking forward to it. I, I really like the story so far, but the art, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But we'll see what hap- what what happens moving forward. You know, I mean, uh, artists do change every once in a while. So who knows what will happen. Well, I still have to suffer with that fucking woman who does Squirrel Girl, which the art is so bad. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Uh, all right, so next up, we're gonna we're gonna touch on Secret Empire United number one a little bit. I I am not going to th- this. So this book would kind of give me the excuse to talk about Secret Empire as a whole on here, <laughs> but I'm not going to take like 20 minutes going through all of it. That's and, good because I've only read the first two issues. And really, why I really like this series so far? It's like it's it's been getting a lot of hate. And uh, especially when it was first coming out, people are just so mad at it. And I can relate to people being mad when I first came out. But, the, uh, but, <laughs> but you're not burning. You're coming out. They're burning these comic books, which is ridiculous. Wait, but. people are burning? Oh, yeah, that's right. They burned uh, the Steve Rogers book where he said Hell Hydra the yeah. first time. Yeah. People are just so fucking mad over this. But um, yeah, so this one had to do with the mutants. And uh, I, I really like this. You know, D-list characters running out. Sunfire, Random, and Frenzy. I, was, I love all of them. That was that was fantastic. Um, and then Sunfire gets left behind. And I was like, you know, like what's going to... Because we haven't been introduced really yet to, to how mutants are existing in this world of Secret Empire. Other than like this... this very quick little meeting between Steve Rogers and Magneto that occurred. So, you know, they, they cut to Sebastian Shaw, who's like in, in, uh, he's basically part of like the little cadre that's leading the mutants now. And he's like, all right, so we got to put this team of expendable mutants to go get Sunfire out. And I'm like, expendable mutants, like magic is there. Strong guy is there. They're not expendable. Like maybe boom, boom. And like anybody will, She's like always on the list of like top twenty most hated mutants. Boom, always boom? Ma- no, Marrow. Oh, Marrow, yeah. Marrow, which is when sad. I saw this group, I was like, oh my god, I love all of these yeah. mutants. Like, I, was... I know a lot of people hate Marrow, but I have so much love for her, especially when she was hitting on Cannonball. <laughs> it was so cute. There was this picture when I was reading through whatever series that was at the time, maybe X Force or something, and I sent a picture to Jonathan where she just like rips him apart, and she was like calling him like a dumbass or something and then like she looks away from him and she was like nailed it <laughs> yeah like that's how she flirts 
Which yeah, is kind of sort of what you did to me too. Yeah, I I um I kicked him a few times when we went out to eat and threw garbage at me and left it in my car. <laughs> I didn't I didn't intentionally leave garbage Bullshit. in your car. I didn't. All right. Well, anyway. Okay, uh, so I was thinking about this when I was reading this since you are also reading through well, you haven't gotten up to that point yet. But okay, so I've read every issue of X-Men. Jonathan is currently trying to do that as well. And um, he hasn't gotten to giant size X-Men yet, but I feel like there's a lot of similar personality traits between Sunfire and Namor. Do you agree? I can see that. Like, they're both yeah. just bitch asses, and they're both, like, just these Full fucking sassy, fucking egotistical Asian men. And I'm like, I love... I don't know why. Namor is Asian, though. No, no, no. I looked up something about it, like, that they made him look Asian on purpose. Okay. But, um... I don't know why. I just like, I love Sonfire so much. He's such yeah. a bitch. Yeah. But like Namor, I'm just like, oh, stop. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I, I feel like Namor is like a jackass, like more negatively. And I feel like Sunfire is more of a jackass, but like in a positive way. <laughs> I don't know why I love him so much. He's like such a douchebag. I remember Wolverine going to recruit him, I think for like maybe it was Uncanny Avengers. He's just like walking the streets of Japan, like drinking straight from like a fucking bottle of alcohol. He's like getting drunk and being miserable. I'm like, same. I was like, that, that was, I, I went through that time too buddy i know the feels i know the feels i love sunfire so much i wanted to burn shit too i want to light things on fire when i was getting drunk too thankfully i didn't but uh you know whatever um but this was a fun issue you know like that little that little team of uh expendable mutants goes in to break sunfire out and then they got to fight um vision taskmaster deadpool and scarlet witch and and it was it was really funny you know boom boom putting uh bombs in wade's pants like right on his ass and blowing them up uh, I thought that was really funny. And uh, you just brought something to my attention about um, what Taskmaster said to Shaw, which I didn't catch at all. Yeah, so Taskmaster uh, told Sebastian Shaw, like, oh, I don't know what Renaissance Fair you're coming from, but, like, whatever. And he called him Mr. Darcy. And this is, like, uh, Jonathan getting the Pauly Shore reference that I didn't get. Mr. Darcy was, like, the this asshole love interest in Pride and Prejudice. Well, okay, he, I think he was an asshole, and I never liked him. But anyway, I thought that was funny that they put a Pride and Prejudice reference, reference in here. In there, yeah, I, I've never read that book. I think we were supposed to read it in high school, but I didn't really do shit in high school. I Except was like, walk the streets like Sunfire and get drunk. I was drunk. like Sunfire getting drunk and wanting to burn shit. Yeah, that's pretty much my high school experience. So um, so I, I don't know. I thought that this was a good little aside uh, issue. Uh, you know, obviously Emma Frost was initially on the cover when they were doing the solicits, then they changed it to magic. And then it was kind of silly for them to do that. Cause then the big reveal is that Emma Frost is like controlling Zorn. Yeah. Um, and you know, she, she psychically reads Sunfire and finds out that, you know, Steve Rogers only like, uh, own like generals, uh, Dr. Faustist and Arnim Zola. They had the mutants attack the border, starting this whole conflict to begin with so that they would go to war with the mutants. And so it was cool that they threw Emma in there, but like overall, what does she have to do with this? How much more are we going to go back to the mutants in Secret Empire? There's going to be, I think, maybe a couple more tie-ins that have to do with me, like X-Men Blue. It's going to tie into Secret Empire. But like we also we don't know what's been going on with Emma in like, the normal 616 universe after IVX. And like, that's what I want to get to already. But, um, well, you have to be patient. Stop being such a bitch. Stop it. 
All right, so next up, we're going to talk about all-new Wolverine number 21. Yay! Uh, I know. I, I wanted to throw this in there because you said that this was, like, your favorite that came out. It was. This has been a cute story so far that has still managed to be kind of badass and work. Uh, this little alien girl was carrying a virus to Earth and knew that, like, Laura could absorb it and burn it out. And it, like, infected all these people on Roosevelt Island and, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D., realizes that didn't those people suffer enough (laughs) yeah seriously so like shield realizes that laura needs to like save all of these people but there's like you know just leave it to like masses of stupid humans you know everybody was like you know grabbing grabbing her because she was able to like basically suck the virus out of the people who had been infected by touching them Uh you can suck my virus out Uh, (laughs) uh, anyway yeah we, we'll talk about that later. Eh? <laughs> anyway, uh, so um, she realizes that she can't touch all of these people. And, you know, people keep crowding her. And they're like, oh, take my child. Take me. I'm, I'm this important person. And she was like, well, I'm not going to play favorites. I don't care who these people are. I'm going to get to who I get to. They called in like a backup force of um, Gabby, Old Man Logan, Ken. And Deadpool, and it was really funny because Deadpool and Gabby were, like, getting along because Deadpool said something about having scars, and Gabby was like, I have scars, too, and (laughs) they're cute. And she told Deadpool that he was cute or something, and Deadpool was like, we're best friends now. We're best friends now. And I was like, yes, I hope hope they get to interact more because clearly he does well with children because he has a kid. Also, he's a little dumb. Yeah, (laughs) also, he's a little dumb, so he can relate to children. When Deadpool was healing people, he uh, just kissed this guy on the forehead. Yeah. And he said, you're going to be so grateful when that fractured skull heals. I thought that was really funny. Uh, The whole interaction between all of these... All these like uh, characters with healing factors was really cool, but Deken seemed I'm um, still iffy on yeah, him. Yeah, he seems out of place. It was weird that he was there, honestly. And helping, yeah, it just it seems it seems really weird. But I liked all the interaction. The story, like I said, it's been sort of like you know cute, but also kind of badass and really solid so far. Um, even though it was a little over the top, melodramatic with like all these. People needing to be healed, and some of them are dying, and Gabby's crying, and, you know, the healing factors are burning out, and they can't go on, and, like, Yeah, and also all of them gave up, but uh, Laura, and they knew, uh, Laura told Gabby before that they went in, she was like, we're not going to be able to rescue everybody, and you need to be okay with that, and Gabby was crying about it. Because she saw people who were dead. Oh, this is what and, happens when uh, you bring children along. All I do is <laughs> fucking cry. Everybody, everybody else gave up, but Laura's like, I have to keep going. I need to save all these people. And at the end of the issue, she looks like really <laughs> frail, emaciated, and like she's 80. And that's like kind of how it ended. And, uh, you know, obviously she's not going to die. Really? You don't think so? Shut up. I think they're going to kill her. <laughs> I think this is it. I, yeah? think, I think the next issue... They're going to bury her, and that's going to be the end of all new Wolverine. <laughs> I don't think they're... I think, uh, I think Laura is going in the ground, and she ain't getting back up. They're not bringing this character back. She's definitely not one of Marvel's selling points. She's, she's going she's gonna to stay dead. Yeah. Kind of like I, Pyro. I was going to say, like, Buffy. Like what? Buffy, the vampire slayer. They killed her. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a mutant? What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, my about? God. You know what? I want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, 
the last new book we're going to talk about, and I just want to get to it really quick because there isn't too much to say, even though I loved it, is Old Man Logan number 25. So this was part of the Resurrection line, even though all it really was was um, a creative team change. I, I, I might catch some hate from people who listen to this, but I wasn't the biggest fan of Jeff Lemire's run on this book. He is not a bad writer, and I've even seen him do some really good stuff. And of course, Andrea Sorrentino was fucking amazing when he was doing art in this book, but I just wasn't a huge fan. It was very meh. Uh, Ed Brisson is the writer now, and what I really know him for is this series that was almost like post-apocalyptic. All these adults were dead, and kids were kind of like taking over the world, like um, they were kind of forced to. It was called Sheltered. I never finished the series, and I, I need to go back and do that because it was re- it was really good. Um, I love Mike Diodato Jr.'s artwork, and uh, the story in this was really good. I didn't realize who this character was at first. I just picked up that it was Yukon territory, and I was like, ah, motherland. All right, perfect. And it's Maestro. You know, I didn't know what he looked like in his human form. I've never really read any stories about him. You know, he's he's basically the Hulk from, like, an alternate timeline. He's just got facial hair, and, and he's gray. You know, he's, he's going gray. He's, he's got the white beard and the white hair and, and whatever. Um, and he's talking to these kids about killing them first so we can live free without fear. And the Hulk gang found Logan, and they basically just tore up this family that owned this local diner to get to him, and it was like, you know, kind of graphic for like a a book that's not mature content. It was like dark. There was this really gruesome fight with the fucking rednecks before they Hulk out, and um, you know, like Logan needs to find where they came from. He needs to find out what's going on. They somehow made it here, well, to the Earth 616, from the wastelands that were part of Battle World when Secret Wars was going on. And Maestro has got like this this family of the fucking Hulk gang and they've all got fucking military equipment, tanks and missiles and shit. They're ready to fucking kill Logan. And I'm really excited to see where this goes. Like all the dialogue, the action, everything about this book just it was like a breath of fresh air. This felt like a real old man Logan story to me. I agree. I felt like uh, a lot of what was before this was just very like, yeah, yeah, no, this, this book like really got it started. You know, it got, got my engines going. Yeah. Yeah. Should I make a sexy joke about that? No, let's move on. All right. Fine. (laughs) All right. So uh, what do you all think the maestro is trying to orchestrate? Did nature Uh, girls dialogue feel natural or forced to you? Did you greet Iceman's puns with a chilly or warm reception? You think about that while we take a quick break. Ow, motherfucker! Oh shit, no shit! Hey, what's wrong with you? I got this nasty cut on my finger. Wow, that's bleeding pretty badly. I I know, I think I need a medical adhesive bandage, like a band-aid. Nope, they don't sponsor our show. What you need is a geek aid. A a what? A geek aid, stupid. Keep all your nerd dumps from bleeding onto your favorite shirt or jeans with geekade.com. Listen, I'm, I'm starting to get woozy. Don't bleed for your nerd cred. Keep that love for video games, comics, television, wrestling, music, and more inside you with geekade.com, the website that will keep you protected from nerd-related injuries. Disclaimer, the FDA has not approved geekade.com for medicinal purposes. 
It's always sad when a TV show gets canceled after one season, because we nerds are a particularly sensitive bunch. So when Wolverine and the X-Men cartoon got canceled, many people cried to their Wolverine action figures and needed comfort from mommy. How many people, you ask? Oh no, I didn't say anything. One million to be exact! Uh, wait, who are you and how'd you get into my house? There's good news for you! because there's a Facebook page dedicated not only to Wolverine and the X-Men, but all the iterations of the X-Men. Comics, movies, television, and there's even awesome merchandise to purchase. Okay, the police are on their way, but in the meantime, what's the name of the Facebook page? One million to save Wolverine and the X-Men. For diehard X-Men fans, by diehard X-Men fans. Stop by one million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook today. All right, everyone. Uh, so we're going to quickly do a new segment that I want to do on the podcast every month called Mutant Memories. And that's not Mutant Memories. It's Mutant Aww. Memories. <laughs> so as Patty mentioned earlier, she has already, she she went back and over the, the course of a, what was it, a year or two, read every single issue of X-Men and a bunch of the X-related books. And now I am venturing to do the same. I have read a lot of X-Men issues over the years, but I have not read every single issue, and especially starting from the beginning in chronological order. So that's what I'm venturing out to do. So I, in a way, I'm sort of chronic chronicling my journey. Chronicolitis. Chronicolitis. I've got, I've got I've got the chronicleitis, and we're going to need to perform a chronicleoscopy as soon as possible. <laughs> I'm st- all right. So, um, so no, I'm not going to talk about every issue, honestly, but I'm going to kind of pick out one, which I'll talk about each month on the podcast, one that sticks out to me more than others. So you would think that the first one would be X-Men number one, and... Nope. Nope. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> You, you, no, not me. You, the listener, you fucking idiot. Why the fuck would you think we talk about X-Men number one on this podcast? Now that issue sucks. You dumb pile of shit. Let's no. get right to X-Men number 19. I'm kidding. We, we love you guys, the listeners, and X-Men number one wasn't a complete pile of shit, but it it's, was a complete pile of shit. Stop. We, we need that for, for history. So uh, we're going to talk about X-Men number 19 because first of all, I did honestly like the writing in this book. And second, it wasn't Stan Lee anymore, right? At this point, it, he was, uh, this was the last book that Stan Lee actually like wrote. And then af- oh, okay. after this, he was like the editor for a while. So he probably had a lot of input into overall story, but he actually wrote this one. And the reason why I wanted to pick this one was because this was like my first favorite d-list character when i was a kid it was the introduction of mimic and the writing back in these days was ridiculous i'm sure a lot of you listeners have read these old issues before the writing was just ridiculous they had to meticulously detail every piece of dialogue every thought that everybody had and like even like the captions on the page for what was actually happening and it was just like every minute event had to be dialogued and it was just really weird they it's had like, dialogitis they <laughs> and uh you'll they see need this... a dialogectomy is what they need <sighs> you'll see this uh. to a lesser extent on the uh claremont run but it's still there he you know uh back in the day you know it was kind of like uh you were watching an episode of like law and order or whatever like you didn't necessarily have to watch it in order they would tell you what happened law and order in order Law and order and order. Law and order and order. Double, <laughs> double order and law and order. 
<laughs> Double order, little order and order. I'm sorry. Shut the fuck you up. You trying to say something about the order? Yeah, the order. Uh, <laughs> so, um, oh man, this is gonna be a two-hour-long episode. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> they would pretty much tell you everything that had happened instead of like on a recap page, like throughout the issue. So that's why it took you like you know an hour to read an issue that oh Stanley God. wrote. That's why I haven't gotten through these quicker because it seriously takes an and even like the writer now who's who's on it it still it still takes a while and these issues that I'm reading now are just ridiculous but in a way it's still it's still fun and it still does feel like the X-Men except sort of Jean you know she's still and I still wanted to get to about this issue just like a little bit of the sexism here you know it's kind of covert when the X-Men are training she's sitting there like in midair though She's reading a magazine, and when Professor X says, I'm giving you guys a vacation, she's like, oh boy, I need new clothes. Like, come the fuck on. I, I don't know. It just, but I know it was a different time, but still, sexism is sexism, and that's still what it was. But I loved how they introduced Calvin Rankin. His, they, they made his face, like, pinkish red to just be like, look at how angry this guy is. He's just so angry. Like, he, he was uh, being misogynistic towards, like, Hank's date because Hank and Bobby went out on a double date with these girls. And so he's like, oh, but you're my girl. And, you know, all of a sudden, Calvin can mimic Beast's movements and start making, like, the ice appear out of nowhere. And he's like, oh, I've discovered the secret identities of the X-Men. That must be them. And uh, then he just shows up at the mansion and, like, wants to come in. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck? They have no security back then. But they just invite him in, and they're like, sure. And Professor Xavier is just like, sure, go upstairs and snoop around for a little while. <laughs> and he's like, he comes back down in his costume, which is awesome, by the way. I'm not being sarcastic. I loved Mimic's original costume. With the glasses and the giant orange M on his chest? I, yes. So you know that M is for the mighty mimic. You know what I mean? Mighty like, Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Right. You needed to know. And just all the tight clothes, you know? Mm, Fucking. Mm-hmm. Man, look at his pecs. The guy was sexy yeah. as hell. That mm. that M is for mm-hmm. Yes. So um, he actually comes down. And this, the dialogue, the dialogue they had. He's like, I'll defeat you all. I'll prove I'm mightier. You all look fearful, and I don't blame you. Like, this was this was just amazing. And then they try to give him the tragic backstory, and he recounts his origin, where his dad was a scientist, and uh-oh, little Calvin knocked over a beaker, and so he can mimic the abilities of anyone nearby, and so the dad just shoves him in a cave. A cave and like, it's like Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. And he's like, oh, we'll find a cure someday. And then the angry villagers come and, you know, ah, my God, this was just so ridiculous. And then the, the, you know, he goes back to his cave and takes Jean hostage because she's the weak female. And, you know, Xavier shows up and short, short, yeah, short circuits this machine. And, uh, oh, because my God. He, because he can, he can do that. That's part of his power set. This was so, so ridiculous. And I was just like on the edge of my seat. The entire way. Just like, oh man, I love Mimic. Yeah. I, really? That's all you've got? No, uh, yeah, he's he's cool. Um, I remember one of the first times I came over to your house, you had a little like tiny bust of him by your computer. And I was like, oh, I just read the, the first issue with him. I know who that is. And you were like, <gasps> yeah. and uh, yeah, now it's broken or something and you threw it out. Yeah, well, the, it, it, it broke because it got fucking knocked over. But, uh, no, that that really, I was like, I, this is the girl I'm going to marry. 
Because you knew who Mimic was. Like, who the fuck knows? As soon as I saw... That was the first bus statue that I ever bought. I saw that at, at uh, our local comic shop, and I just, like, squealed. And I was like, I'm taking that. So, anyway, those are the mutant memories of Mimic. Have you guys read uh, X-Men number 19? What do you think of it? What do you think of Mimic as a character? Did what do you he think steal of your heart? <laughs> Did he mimic your heart? Ah. And speaking of memories, on to some news. Capcom doesn't seem to have faith in the memories of X-Men fans. So uh, the director of, I guess, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which is going to be the new MVC Ew. game that's coming out, is like, you're a modern Marvel fan. Maybe they don't even remember some of the X-Men characters, but they know some of the Guardians or Black Panther. You know what I mean? Captain Marvel may seem like a strange pick, but she's fantastic. She fits into the gameplay. She fits in the story. And that's basically a quote from this guy. And I'm like, well, no. Captain Marvel, Black Panther, they fit into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's what you're doing. And there are plenty of X-Men fans who know all these fucking characters. And so and people who aren't even X-Men fans, you know, you can't you can go up to like anybody in New York City, pull out a picture of Wolverine, ask them who this is, and you know, chances are like nine and a half out of ten people are gonna know who fucking Wolverine is. <laughs> and half of a person. Half a person. Half a person's gonna know. Half, they're gonna half know. They're gonna say, oh, it's that guy with the claws. Patty, I'm half the man I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Shut the fuck Sorry, up. Sorry, go on. <laughs> or like, you know, you can show them a picture of like Cyclops or Magneto. They're gonna fucking know who that is. You know, you show you show the same picture. I don't know how it's going to be the same picture, but you're going to show them the same picture of Wolverine, but it's going to be it's going to be Captain Marvel. And maybe So it's going to be a different picture. So, it's, what do so you say? what I'm what I'm saying is You say it'd be a different picture, Patty? So what I'm saying is it might be a different picture. You know who'll understand what you're trying to do though? That half a man. <laughs> you underestimate the half man. <laughs> Knock my shit over. This is how Mimic got broken. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe so maybe two and a half people know who Captain Marvel is. Oh man. So uh that's all I'm saying. The more people what I'm saying is more people know who Wolverine is than than know who is Captain Marvel is. More people than no one knows is that's, what we're trying to that's say. That's true. Yeah, so I mean like so Apocalypse didn't do that well, you know? I mean, it made a ton of money, but it still didn't make as much as fucking Captain America Civil War. And Apocalypse was fucking garbage. And and it was not fucking a... Fucking garbage. It was not a very garbage. good movie, and the garbage. critics... <laughs> critics... Basically. Said it was garbage. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. But Psylocke was in there, and Psylocke, Psylocke has been in uh, at least one of the fighting games before. Uh, you and know, Psylocke is hot and everybody wants to fuck her. Storm was in some of the fighting games. And she's hot and everybody wants to fuck her. I think, uh, I'm not sure if Omega Red was, but Iceman, Cyclops, Cable, these are characters. And they're hot and everybody wants to fuck them. These are characters that were in the fighting games before. And Wolverine. Imagine, imagine like the Fox version of Quicksilver in there, which people love. Like uh, people will talk shit about these X-Men movies, but pretty much universally love this version of Quicksilver. And, like, even the Blob had a cameo. Throw him in there. Like, I, I want to see my fandom represented, too. Like, if you're a fan of Beautiful Joe or Phoenix Wright, like, even if, you, even if you're kind of ambivalent about fighting games, like, maybe you might be more inclined to give this a try. Like, you can get X-Men fans on board with this, too. I don't know how much this is really going to impact sales, but I'm sure... 
You people who are listening to this understand what I'm saying. You want to see the X-Men in there too. I don't really feel like, you know, it'll really hurt sales either way. But like, I don't know. We all have access to the fucking internet now. Like if some idiot doesn't know who Gambit is, they can fucking Google it. But I, 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 do, want, I do want to mention this because <clears throat> somebody posted it online. Like some like most wanted uh, characters for a Marvel vs. Capcom game. And I thought these were interesting picks. Armor is on there. Hope Summers is on there. And wow. Emma Frost was on there. Wow, that would be cool. Think about those three choices, you know? Those are all awesome. Armor, like, with her actual power. Emma Frost could turn to diamond or could use, like, psychic attacks. And Hope would be similar to fucking Cable. Cable with throw, guns and shit. Throw Mystique in there. You know, you have certain attacks where she fucking morphs into Wolverine and does a Wolverine attack. Cool. Or, like, Omega Red and does an Omega Red attack. This could all work so well. And so fuck this guy for saying... Fuck this guy. We don't remember X-Men. Next thing I want to get to is a couple of pieces of news for New Mutants. We're looking at possibly Karma in New Mutants because they released this casting call for, first of all, a young Anna, which might be a young Ilyana. That uh, makes sense. Preferably blonde. Uh, or willing to temporary temporary bleh, willing to temporarily color Russian accent or Russian language skills. Nine to twelve years right. old. But then we've got young female, eighteen to twenty-two, Asian. So they're speculating that this might be karma. The only thing is, is if she's that much older, then she might not have really a lead role in this movie, which would kind of suck. And they might just throw her. And in it there. says scheduled to shoot for one or more days. Right. So. Could yeah, she day. might just be a cameo. Could be a more day. Could be a could one be, day. Could be a more day. And, and uh, Rosario Dawson is uh, backing out as Cecilia Reyes because uh, I guess she is already a nurse in another Marvel thing. So maybe she's uh, she's like, I'm not going to get typecast. But into... she, could, she could break the glass ceiling. Instead of being just a nurse, <gasps> she could be Dr. Cecilia Reyes. <laughs> Come on. This so, is what uh, women need, right? Break that glass ceiling. Yes. What Hillary yes. Clinton fought Shut all up. those oh. years for us for. She's a bitch. Sisters are doing it for themselves. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, so Alison Braga. No, Alice Braga. Alice Braga. She's is. she's gonna be Cecilia Reyes. Yeah. I haven't seen anything she's been in except for I Am Legend. I don't know what kind of role she played in that movie. I didn't look it up because I don't really give a shit. I'm kind of upset. I think Rosario Dawson is a hot. Second of all, uh, a good actress. And I think she would lend some, like, some credentials to this, to this movie. We have kind of, like, smaller-time actors in it, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. What I'm saying is, like, more attention will be brought to this movie if we get, like, A-list actors in it. Um, not that that's going to mean that it's a good movie, uh, but I'm being hopeful for this movie. What I'm more worried about is the whole karma thing, because I don't want her to just be, like, a cameo. She could be something that happens in a future New Mutants movie. Yeah, that's what I was <clears> thinking. They might uh, try getting her for an, the next movie or something. I really hope that they go with the Hellions in the next New Mutants movie. I really, really hope that they do. Uh, we're not going to get like a really typical villain in this movie, what you would think of as a villain. It's the Demon Bear. Maybe. Maybe. I thought it was... I thought it was supposed to be the demon bear. They haven't confirmed that yet. They're just they're just saying there isn't going to be a villain. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Okay. But um, I I really hope in a way that it's not karma, 
but that if it is, that they'll bring her back properly for a future movie. And next, we're going to talk about Dark Phoenix because there were some rumors going on about this that somebody uncovered an audition tape and said that it sounded like um, the it sounded like Alien that they were going to be like you know I guess weird weird languages and shit in this movie. So people were like rumors were coming up that it was going to be the Shi'ar, and then rumors about it being Lalandra, and then it turned out to be the case. That yes. this is going to be the Shi'ar, and it is going to be Lalandra. Her name is Jessica Chastain, is in talks to play Lalandra, and that ties in to the Dark Phoenix saga. Yep. Which makes sense. Uh, I wanted to point this out because I thought it was funny. Uh, when this was still just a rumor... Angelina Jolie was the other rumor. It was Jessica Chastain oh, or Angelina Jolie. Who's going to be? A, is she going to be a Lalandra? Um, and so, like, we didn't know. And it turned out not to be Angelina Jolie. I am so <laughs> thankful for little blessings. But there was a... Okay, so it was a rumor, and then it came out to be true that uh, Dazzler is going to be in Dark Phoenix, and Sophie Turner in her stupid big mouth uh, tweeted something that... Some reference to Taylor Swift possibly being Dazzler, but it isn't confirmed. Uh, so Dazzler is just going to be a small cameo. And Sophie Turner <laughs> said, uh, like, oh, here's a picture of me and Scott at a record store getting a Dazzler album. Yeah, that but was... it's going to be it's obviously after 1989 or something, which is the name of one of Taylor Swift's albums and that the year that she was born, which is kind of shitty. But I, I hope it's not true. Because I really hate Taylor Swift. She's a <laughs> shitty person. Um, you know, we don't know if she can act or anything. If they decide to ever put Dazzler in a movie, uh, we we know. know we know she can't sing. <clears throat> so, but can she act? I don't know. Um, I saw some speculation about this and like some fan casting and stuff online that um, a lot of people preferred that Lady Gaga be Dazzler because we do know that she can act and sing, but she would be really old in comparison to everybody else in the movie who gives a shit i really i honestly i don't care i mean lady okay so dazzler is like i know she she i guess she's supposed to be a little bit older than like some of the other x-men but it doesn't matter you know lady gaga would be perfectly fine i think you know that's what this is it's gonna be some sort of a a cameo which in a way kind of sucks but if they did that and they were okay with lady gaga being a little bit older they should totally do madonna instead no, God no. And they might as well do the original casting for Dazzler and have it be Bo Derek uh, when they were actually going to make Dazzler the movie in like the early 80s. But anyway, yeah, that was another thing I was going to talk about, that that rumor. Ah, um, oh, well, I ruined that for you. No, it's fine because that, that brings into what's next. They, they're speculating, um, this one website was speculating on all these different casting calls who these characters could be that it could uh i don't even know if all this all these casting calls are real um they have all the names next to them and i will post this in the show notes but there are at least a dozen of them supporting roles a couple of like lead roles male 16 caucasian cocky handsome kid with 
Swagger, Hiroshi, male, early mid-20s, Japanese, brash Tokyo punk kid. So people are speculating that this is going to be like Sunfire. There's speculation that like Mastermind is going to be one of the characters, Sauron. And, you know, maybe some of these will be for the Royal Imperial Guard, which would make sense. Yeah, it would. So they would need a lot of supporting roles for that, but... I really hope that this doesn't turn into just a fucking character mashup where we're going to take... Which is what happened with Apocalypse, which was garbage. Yeah, and happened to X-Men The Last Stand. Like, this isn't... This isn't how, like, you make a good, successful movie when you just throw in characters which are nothing more than nods to everyone. You... You need good storytelling. Like, learn your lesson from your past mistakes. You need characters to establish... You need to establish characters in order for us to care about what's going on with them. Otherwise, it's a bunch of bodies just moving around on screen. And that's what you should learn from this. And that brings me to my next point, is that Simon Kinberg is directing this, and it makes me more nervous, because he's the guy that wrote The Last Stand and Apocalypse. Now, he wrote Days of Future Past, which... Wasn't a bad movie. I enjoyed I it, did but not like it. But like this is his directorial debut. And this all these like I know it's speculation, but like what these rumors are leading us to does not bode well for this franchise. And it also does not bode well for the future of this franchise. Because that brings me to the next point is just yesterday, as of this recording, Fox added six release dates for the X-Men movie calendar. Um, so for those of you who didn't hear, by the time this goes up, uh, June 7th and November 22nd, uh, 2019, March 13th, June 26th, and October 2nd, 2020, and March 5th, 2021. So this could be sequels to New Mutants, to Deadpool. We know X-Force is in the works. Um, there could be more cosmic stuff. This Dark Phoenix could just be like Dark, Dark Phoenix Part 1, you know what I mean? And then do a Dark Phoenix Part 2 like the Avengers are doing. And on this website that I saw this on, they're even like, how about the Mojoverse or Alpha or Alpha Flight? Yeah, I mean, you know, Fox is really just trying to pump out these X-Men movies and they're not doing a good job and they're just so erratic and all over the place. You know, they're just like, it's like the same... Okay, so Marvel is doing this too. They're just like grabbing any characters they can and making shows or movies out of them for no reason. And uh, that's what it seems like uh, Fox is doing, too, with the X-Men. They're just, like, you know, grabbing all the characters that they can, uh, you know, before... You, you want to grab my character? I do. <laughs> you know, they're just trying to use them while they still have them. I don't know. Uh, you know, if they make an Alpha Flight movie, whatever, you know, it's, uh, it's an excuse for them to try again with uh, X-Men-related characters because they fucked up so very many times. You know, I would give them a clean slate or if they do, like, an Excalibur movie. You know what I was just thinking because I was gonna I was gonna mention this and 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 I'm gonna get a little off topic, but yeah. the cast of Dark Phoenix was hanging out with Justin Trudeau. Oh yeah, I saw that. And Montreal, the the Prime Minister, he should star in the Alpha Flight movie. Ugh, stop. And he could play Vindicator. Ugh. What? I hate him. You hate Justin Trudeau? I do. Why? He's so hot. Uh, he's like the hottest celebrity right now he's I'm, like the it guy uh, I'm he not, should play dazzler <laughs> i'm not gonna get into the political views about it right now but i'll, I'll tell you after he's the canadian all canadian pot all canadian politics are good politics yeah 
Yeah, okay. Don't give me that sass. I'll give you all the sass. All right, I'm sorry. What were you What were you going to say about Alpha Flight? Just that... And bad Fox movies. Yeah, just, you know, um, they're trying to pump out everything they can. It's bad. Uh, so, you know, they, they can, you know, have a second chance with Alpha Flight or Excalibur or something where, you know, they haven't destroyed the universe yet. So they can try from the beginning and, you know, maybe get some talent to actually write a good story. Like Taylor Swift. Maybe she can write I'm, the movie. I'm leaving. She can write songs and I'm she can write movies too. I'm getting my own pizza. Too. You know what? <gasps> Taylor Swift and Justin Trudeau. I, <gasps> I don't oh wanna, my God. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Fan cast right now. All no. right. So Taylor Swift. No. But you can't pick Dazzler. No. Who else would she be? Who would she be? <gasps> Snowbird. Shut the Taylor fuck Swift up. would be Snowbird. She'd be Shut bad. up. Taylor Swift is my Snowbird already. You know what? All right, listen, I'm going to leave on a good note. Okay. So, we know that uh, the Fox movie Quicksilver is good, right? Yes. He's going to be returning. Okay. So, at least we have that. All right. Uh, and they got this Canadian actor, Lamar Johnson, has joined the uh, cast. Um, somebody, the website that I found it on, speculated, you know, just whatever, that he might be Spike, based off of X-Men Evolution. Oh, I liked him. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Right? That'd be cool, too. All right? Good deal? All right. Good deal. That'll do it for this month's episode of Mutant Musings. Remember to check out geekade.com and 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook and leave us a comment with some feedback because we literally live for your validation. What do you think about the possible introduction of so many new characters in Dark Phoenix? Do you think Simon Kittenberg is the best choice for director? Would you prefer they bring Brett Ratner back instead? That's a joke. No one loves Brett Ratner, not even his family. Join us next month when we'll be catching up on X-Men Blue, Weapons of Mutant Destruction, Astonishing X-Men, and anything else X-Rated. Until, yeah. until next time, she might have been a bitch, but karma was right. Bye.